In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You are advised that any view expressed by the host or their guest are not necessarily the views of the owners or management of Toginet Radio, Togi Entertainment, or the Owners Group, Inc. Girlfriend, here is your show. Girlfriended, your chance to connect with other women, especially the woman that is most overlooked, yourself. Girlfriended is all about helping you become self-aware, not self-involved. The aim is to provide information that relates to life, which leads to real connections and results in a desire to connect or care for those in need. The Girlfriended principle was born out of loss. Patty's mother was murdered, and Lisa lost her mother to cancer. This forged a bond between them that nothing could shake. And now the women want to help you in more ways than you can count every day. From the website, GirlfriendIt.com, and the movement GirlfriendIt, here are Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan on Toginet.com. Well, good morning. Do you identify more with a lion or with a lamb or the zebra that the lion is devouring? Welcome to GirlfriendIt, a great place to connect and girlfriendify your life. We're Lisa and Patty, and today we are talking with women who approach life like a lioness. Well, we can really identify with this imagery of lions and lioness because we just returned from the bush country of Kenya, where we actually got to see some of these animals in their natural habitat and got to experience um, the lion and the lioness. It was exciting. It was exciting, but I have to stop you there because... I have to tell the story of how we were literally driving out. It was like being in the middle of a Lion King movie. Or out of Africa. (laughs) Out of Africa, (laughs) yes, which I didn't really care for that one, but it got many Academy Awards, so what do I know? Um, But we were driving, and um, our girlfriend Kelly O'Donnell was sitting there, and all of a sudden she, if, if there wasn't a cover on the top of it, she would have been jumping out of the van. She screamed, stop, look. And we all I guess, jumped out of our skin because we had no idea why we were why she was screaming. Yeah, we were kind of in that dazed uh, yeah. part of just sitting on the road. We definitely and were awakened. <laughs> we were definitely awakened, and we look where she's pointing, and we still couldn't. What are you talking about, Kelly? And she goes, "Look, there's Simba." I think she said there's a lion, but I'm, I'm adding because I'm yes. the storyteller, so yes. I can say Simba. <laughs> and we all look over in this tree, and it's truly one of those trees from the Lion King. I don't know what those trees are called, but how they have the flat, you know, the branches, and then the, yeah. the like you can just lay the on. The foliage is on top. Yeah, you can just lay on top of the carpet. And if you looked really, really, really hard, you could see this this lion's arm hanging and a tail swinging out of the branch. I mean, it was like an entire litter of kittens. Well, when you look closely, there were five lions laying in this tree all on their own branch, just kicking back and sleeping on on the branches. And it was amazing because you could not see it. God truly did whisper to her and, and said, look, because there's no way you would have seen that. Well, and she said, she did, she prayed and said, okay, God, I, I would think it'd, be, I think it'd be really, really cool if we could just see a lion. And 
it was as if, yeah, she heard that whisper of just around the bend. So she was looking because they were camouflaged. She was praying. She was listening. God whispered to her and got her attention. Well, speaking of whispering and roaring like a lion, um, our next guest is Lisa Bevere, who is a Christian author, a new girlfriend of ours, an international speaker, a co-host of The Messenger, which is a television show that is broadcast in more than 200 countries, and she recently authored the book, Lioness Arising. How convenient that we just saw the lion, Yes, and and we have Lisa on the show. Well, Lisa, welcome to Girlfriend, and we are so excited to have you join us today. Thank you, Lisa and Patty. I love your story. <laughs> it was truly one of those uh, magical moments, you know, yeah. where you got to see an experience and you felt like, okay, God loves us so much. He whispered to a girlfriend and we got to experience it. So, and our awesome. producer just told us that those trees are called Lion King trees. So, duh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, she, she knows the names of them as much as we do. We know. <laughs> well, Lisa, on your website... You, you talk about yourself and, and describe it in a lot of different words, but can you explain to us what prompted and inspired you to write your book, Lioness Arising? Well, you know, I had this incredible experience that shocked me and totally rocked my world when I was pregnant with my fourth child. I went to bed a large pregnant woman. There's a lot of women that are cute pregnant women. My daughter-in-law is a cute little pregnant woman. She's got a little baby bump. (laughs) I was completely invaded by my children, and I believed in a minimum of a 50-pound weight gain for a good baby. So I massively tumbled into bed and woke up in the midst of a night vision. And I found myself standing in front of an absolutely stunning lioness. She was laying on her side on a platform of stone. She had a rainbow behind her. She had an inscription on the front of the platform. And when I took all this in, I heard a voice behind me say, with the birth of this son, you will awaken a lioness. I began to shake. I found myself fully wide awake, which... As a mother of three children, you know, five and under, that was not a normal state to be fully awake. My children would drive cars on me. Come on, Mom, you're drooling. Open both eyes. Get out of bed. So (laughs) fully awake, shaking, and not just shaking, but really, to be honest with you, in the presence of God, afraid to move. It was so tangible. Wow. My brain kicked in, and I thought, Lioness, are you joking? I'm afraid of everything. (laughs) <laughs> you've got to be kidding. I'm going to get another boy. I already have three. You know, what is this? I, 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 what, you know, and, and I have found that Lisa and Patty, that this is a very human response, that God will paint something very large, and he will reveal himself as limitless, mm-hmm. not to limit us. But we will pass it through the grid of us and say, oh, no, 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 I'm so sorry. That was somebody else's dream. And so I woke up, I pulled my Bible into bed, I opened up to Numbers 23, verse 24, and I found these people rise up like a lioness. They rouse themselves like a lion that refuses to rest. And I was like, what in the world? I want to rest. I don't want to rouse myself. I want to hide. And, um, and I, have I, to, I have to interrupt you, Lisa. What, yes. what caused you to pull out Numbers? 
Because that's whenever you know we hear people that have. Oh, I'm so sorry. You know, in, the inscription on the front of the platform. Sorry, I got taken away with the overweight thing. The inscription <laughs> on the front of the platform was numbers 23. I saw no, the word numbers, and then the Roman numerals. Interestingly enough, XX3. Wow. And so I pulled in numbers 23, and I have to be open with you. When I looked at it and saw the Oracle of Balaam, I was a little troubled. I was like, wait a minute, this cannot be good. Yeah. This is like the sword. But anyway, then I read Numbers 23, verse 24 is where I found the whole lion and the lioness come into play and was just stunned. I had not expected to meet a lion and a lioness in this passage. And, you know, here's the thing, Lisa and Patty. I love it that you went out there into the wild. Because what happens in the wild is you find out that we have all become way too controlled, way too sterile, way too clean, and way too barren, and mm-hmm. that God is doing a fierce wake-up call. And, you know, I let my life enlarge. When I gave birth to my son, I named him Arden Christopher, which means fiery, determined, anointed one. I wrote my first book literally as I was breastfeeding him. He would not disengage. I typed out of control and loving it with that child attached. And my life enlarged. My world expanded. But three years ago, God began to say to me, I was doing a conference with Bobby Houston and Darlene Check down in New Zealand, and God said to me, I said, with the birth of your son, you would awaken a lioness, not that you were the lioness. And he said, Jesus is the lion of the tribe of Judah, and it is time his bride awaken a lioness. Well, and that's so interesting, Lisa, because we're actually seeing a revival amongst women. And I I just, you know, obviously that that was your vision as well, to, to get out there and rally these women um, out of apathy and get that adrenaline rush. And like you said, be barbaric and fierce. And, you know, we are definitely dangerous women. In, in, in Africa, we just heard um, this, this one gentleman that was talking to us. His wife was an, an orphan at five from her parents with AIDS and how she was discussing that if Eve could turn the world upside down by eating that apple or the forbidden fruit, then think of the power that women have to turn it right side up. And we were like, okay, that is an amazing quote, and maybe it's been out there and we just have never heard it. But it, you're, so, you're so right. It's, it's amazing what's happening when women are finally, they're waking up. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think they're also um, waking up that God is not mad at the, the women. You know, I think for the church for a long time they've kind of said, oh, oh women, you're easily deceived you know, you're, you're prone to deception, you're prone to sin, you know, so we're, we're not going to let women have a voice. And yet it's very clear in the New Testament that it was through one man's sin. It wasn't through Eve's sin. Right. It was through Adam's sin, the transgression, entered the world. And so we're seeing the women realize, wait a minute, you mean God's not mad at us? Wait a minute, he wants us to have voice, he wants us to have influence. And here's the thing is, Lisa and Patty, what I saw of that lioness was she was a you know, a picture of what I believe the women of the last days need to be. She was Mm -hmm. gracious. She was graceful. She was power at rest. She was at ease with her strength and at rest with her power. She was not striving. She was not pushing aside the men. I believe God is doing a dual reveal with the men and the women. When you see the lion and the lioness mentioned in the scripture, it's almost equal. Where you mention a lion, there's a lioness mentioned. Where you mention the lioness, there's a lion mentioned in another place. And often they're together. Numbers 23, numbers 24, it's both of them. 
And I think God is saying, come on, put aside all your ridiculousness. Remember your purpose. Remember why I created you. And I really felt that God was saying, look at the lioness and learn. She knows who she is. She knows what she was created to do. She knows who's she, you know, who, who she belongs to and how she relates to everything that's going on. And, you know, you talked about wanting to jump out of the vehicle. I was on a safari when I was writing this book, and I have a little weirdness in my brain where if I study something enough, I think it knows me because I know it. And I reached my hand out to pet one of the lionesses that had walked alongside of us. It was that close. Wow. And I heard my husband say, absolutely not. Yes. I've had to pretend like I've had a conversation with her, and I believe that if I had petted her, she would have turned around and said, Lisa, and I would have said, Lisa, <laughs> and then I would have said, you are stunning. And yes. you know what she would have said to me? She would have said, I know. And then she'd say, do you want to see what I can do? And she'd release those claws, and she'd say, with these claws, I can take down an impala and feed the entire pride, but with this same paw, I can raise up the young to be mighty. And then she bare her teeth and say, with these teeth, I hunt and I kill and I defend. But with these same teeth, I move the young from one place to another without ever harming them. And we need to get that kind of tension on our lives. We do. And thanks, Lisa. Stay tuned. We have a commercial break. Back to our lioness. This is Girlfriend it on Toginet. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on GirlfriendIt.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend it. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriend it Radio right after these. Thursday nights, get ready for the Read My Lips Tips for Success radio show with your host, Linnea Millette, at 11, 10 Central on Toginet.com. What are the Read My Lips Tips for Success? Well, it's spelled out like this. R. Realize it is possible. E. Embrace all relationships. A. Advance through adversity. D. Develop your significance. M. Manage your health and wealth. Y. Yield to your natural abilities. L. Listen to your heart. I. Invest in yourself. P. Persist by taking small steps. And S. Serve others. Each week on the show, you'll find a safe haven whereby tips, insights, and strategies are shared by Linnea and her guests. Go to Linnea's website, readmylipstips.com. Then join us Thursday nights at 11, 10 p.m. Central for the Read My Lips Tips for Success radio show with your host, Linnea Millette. On toginet.com. Innovation and insight. Problems and solutions. Capitalizing on your ideas and efforts. That's all a part of changing the world one invention at a time with Rick Rowe. Thursday evenings at 6, 5 Central on toginet.com. Rick will be sharing stories of innovation, invention, inspiration, and overcoming obstacles with guests who have been there, done that, and are doing that. Rick will be asking the right questions, helping you identify the real problems, and showing you how to act on your ideas by increasing consumer confidence, and more importantly, increasing your confidence to act on your ideas. For even more information, go to thinktech, that's T-E-K, globally.com. Then join us as Rick and his guest teaches how to develop new ideas and create new products, new businesses, new jobs. And together, let's get our economy growing again. It's changing the world one invention at a time. With author and inventor, Rick Rowe. 
Thursday evenings at 6, 5 central on toginet.com. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio. A chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. We are back with author, international speaker, and our girlfriend, Lisa Bevere. And Lisa, the time is going by way too fast, and we have so many things we want to talk to you about because we have discovered we we share the same heartbeat on so many different levels, and we're going to get into one, which is the human trafficking in a minute. But in your book, Lioness Arising, you say, the world has yet to see what it looks like when Christian women individually and collectively are fully awake and dangerous. And we love that statement because we are working right now with a group of women doing a luncheon with Luis Palau, and we have said we are determined and dangerous women that are going to make a difference in our state. And so we love this imagery that you have created with your book, Lioness Arising, Um, just that we we really are a lioness, and there's a lion. And I think so many times as women we feel more like the lamb, very meek and timid, and that we don't have a voice and we don't have a place. So love that you are talking about this and really empowering women to go, there is more in you than you think. And, um, and tapping into what God, you know, wants to reveal to you and show you. And so we want to just keep talking with you about this whole concept of lioness and how God has really put that in your heart. And even in light of human trafficking, and we also have a girlfriend of ours, Megan, on the line with us that we just want to share with you. So let's just, we just, we're loving this girlfriend time, what we're saying. So can you keep sharing with us your heartbeat here? Well, and, you know, right before the break, you know, we talked about how she's just amazing. And, you know, she gets it that she is fearfully and wonderfully made. Mm-hmm. And I think all of us would agree. And I think what we love is that the lioness is the sum of fear and wonder. But we have forgotten, so are we. And we have been born into this season where the, the earth is afraid. They're terrified, actually. And they are wondering what is going on, and it is time that we begin to rise up and, and be responsible. I think a lot of women, I think you've keyed in on some stuff, they're afraid of their strength. Because if they admit they have strength, then they have to admit there's responsibility. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of them haven't known how to do this together. Mm-hmm. And I think this dynamic that you are actually saying, let's pull the women together and let's say, I'm going to get your strength to the table, your strength to the table, your strength to the table, your strength. See, in the animal kingdom, the lion is a more efficient killer, but it is the lioness that is considered the height of hunting prowess. And prowess is an exceptional skill honed to magnificence. And every single woman has an exceptional skill that she needs to hone to magnificent. And what happens is we tend to compare each other instead of honing our own. You know, we say, oh, I like your skill. No, no, wait, look how amazing she is. But, you know, uh, Matthew Arnold was a a British poet and philosopher who wrote in the 1800s. And this is what he said. He, He said, Lisa and Patty, and I love Megan, he said, if ever there comes a time when the women of the world come together purely and simply, and this is what you guys are getting ready to do, for the benefit of mankind, they will be a force such as the world has never known. And we need to understand we have awakened in that moment, and the coming together needs to happen. The competition has to stop. I also love how you, you, pardon? 
Absolutely. You're just so, we, we just love this because this is so significant. And can you tell us who that guy was that quoted that again? That it's was Matthew awesome. Arnold, Matthew Arnold, and he was a British poet and philosopher who wrote in the 1800s. And I believe, here's, here's the first time I read that quote. I literally, it took my breath away. Oh, yeah. Because there was such an awareness. But, you know, hey, I know you guys are doing girlfriend it because you want to all be girlfriends and be friends. Because we, we almost have to say, let's dismantle mm-hmm. that we're frenemies mm-hmm. and, and we want to be your friends. Mm-hmm. But women are made for purpose. Absolutely. And I believe Matthew Arnold said, okay, I'm looking at my sisters, I'm looking at my daughters, I'm looking at the mothers and the grandmothers of the 1800s, and guess what? They have no voice. They have no influence. But if ever there comes a time where women have this influence, they're going to be a force such as the world has never known. And I love that Proverbs 31 talks about the virtuous woman mm-hmm. as a force for good. Virtue means a force for good. And so we need to be women who understand it's our season to stretch forth. And the lion stretches before she pounces. And the lion and the lioness roar. I love Winston Churchill, who, who we definitely know was a son for his time. He said this. He said, I was not the lion but it fell to me to give the lion's roar. And I think as women, we need to understand wow. we are not the lion, but it has fallen to us. Mm. We have voice to mm-hmm. lift up the voice for those that have been silenced, for those that are caught in human trafficking, for those that are in despair, for those that have no purpose, for those that live in darkness and are waiting for us to remember who we are. Absolutely. And, you know, that is what drives us because we see these, you know, we saw them in Africa and the stories we heard are, they're just so humbling, and you just can't. You go, one story that we heard would, would be on the news here, but it's, it happens to so many of these women, you know, the issues yeah. of rape and, and abandonment. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, we, we're talking to women who were walking around with bullets in them because they had been shot at for their faith. And you just go, okay, we really need to rally. And our message was, God has not forgotten you. We have not forgotten you. We are all in this together. And, um, you know, we do need to see the world from the from God's lens, the world's perspective, and not just our own little corner. And that's, that's why we love what you're, what you're doing. You're empowering women to have a voice. And don't you find that so many women see themselves more as a lamb? And so as we talk to women and, you know, and say, you know, try to rally them, so many say, I don't know what that looks like for me. I don't know what to do. Or they'll say, it's not my season because I have this in my life or I have these little kids or I have something. And, and you're just going to go, okay, but you can do something, you know. Absolutely. You can do Absolutely. And I think, you know, I think that there is some valid context there to say, well, I, I see myself more as a lamb, and you need to be both. And here's the thing. You know, Alexander the Great was arguably the most brilliant military strategist, and this is what he said. He said, I am not afraid of an army of lions led by a sheep. I am afraid of an army of sheep led by a lion. And so we follow after Jesus as lamb, but we war like a lion. And right. we need to cry out and roar against the injustice. And the truth is, you know, it's not enough for us to be quiet. You know, 50 million women are missing off the globe right now because of just gender side. And then add to that the number that is caught in sex trafficking. And the women in America who have much, to whom much is given, much is required. And we have great, great opportunity here, and that's an entrustment. That's not something we need to be scared about. But, I mean, I've stood in the brothels in India, and I've told these, you know, prostitutes. I've actually got to preach in brothels. I've told the prostitutes, you're in the hearts of the daughters of America, the daughters of Europe, the daughters of Australia, and they will weep knowing that they're being carried in somebody's heart. Mm -hmm. But it's not enough just to cry over them. We need to have a constructive response. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Well, um, Lisa, we definitely need to have you on the show again because this time is going so quickly. And we have Megan on, and she is a girlfriend of ours who also has a passion for the injustice with human trafficking and sex trafficking. And, Megan, you also have little ones around the house. And just like we yes. So many times we hear, you know, moms with young ones going, this isn't the season for me. So just how do you tap into that? How are you able to to do it all, basically, for for people to hear you roar? You know what? I think that it's just realizing that this is the season I'm in, but God um, hasn't called me to be quiet in this season. And so sometimes it's just throwing my two-year-old on my hip and getting out there and um, doing what I can do with the voice that I do have um, or with the time I, I do have to give. You know, obviously my family is um, of the utmost importance, and it's the first charge that, that God's given me is to make sure that I'm pouring into my children and um, raising them up to be women of God. Um, but I believe that part of raising them up to be the women of God that he's called them to be is empowering them to fulfill their purpose and to recognize that there's so much um, there's so much more than just us. And we need to be open and awake and aware of what's going on in the world around us and be willing to look for solutions and how we can um, be a part of solving some of the issues and the, the, the injustices in our world. So it's just recognizing, I think for me, it's recognizing, yes, this is the season I'm in, but God has purpose for me in the middle of this season and um, looking for ways and time and opportunities, whether it's, um, you know, staying up late and writing because that's something I do and, and getting the word out there to people that are in my sphere of influence about things that are going on and opportunities that we can get involved or whether it is um, actually, you know, throwing the kids in the car and getting out and getting hands on with people in our community to help make a difference. Absolutely. And, you know, we love that because you, you are somebody that's activating doing something. And, you know, whether it's making phone calls or it's just it's praying, it's being in touch with what God and praying for these women. And, and when you know something, you have to do something, and prayer is so powerful. And we forget that that is doing something, is just lifting women up um, before Absolutely. God. Um, and, Lisa, what are some things that you would tell women that are listening that they can do to really apply all that you're saying? Because this is such great, great information, great encouragement for women. How would you, some steps? Well, I I definitely agree knowing the season. And then the Bible doesn't just say that you you sit in your season. It says you bring forth strength in that season. Mm -hmm. And so finding out what that strength of your season is means often you need to gather with some older women Mm -hmm. who've already gone through that season and brought forth strength. And so connecting the generations is massive. You know, um, when, when we began to see the need, my son actually heads up, my 21-year-old son, full-time college student, heads up our anti-human trafficking initiative. We, wow. just, we just completed a rescue home in Cambodia, and we are in the process of completing a vocational training center that will be done next month. But you, you model it at home. You live it at home. You, you find out that God's heart is so for these things that he will do whatever. And so then you, you pray for women who have strategic alliances with you, and you begin to look for people that you can befriend, not for looking for people that can be your friend, but you can be a friend too. Um, I love the whole dynamic of, you know, being a woman who is connected. And, you know, yeah. I think a lot of us have been wounded by other women. And right. we need to say, you know what, I'm not, I'm not going to be that woman to somebody else. I'm not going to be the wounder. I'm going to be the healer. 
and I'm going to I'm going to stop looking for what everybody can do for me and I'm going to actually, you know, extend my life. And so, you know, getting with other groups and your women, talking to other women in your church, praying together, writing down strategies. You know, I would I would love every woman to get a hold of, you know, this heartbeat and, and look at the Proverbs 31 woman. You know, we do need to understand that what we tolerate for others will overtake our own children. And we aren't safe if we let other people be at risk. So we need to we need to make it important for everybody. You know, every okay. child deserves to be safe. And so, and I think the practical is to start to connect, begin to pray, do what you can in your season, find out what's in your hand, find out what that, that strength is that you have. I love that Megan is writing. I wrote all my books from 10 a.m. to 2, so just do it. All right. Thank you, Megan. Thank you, Lisa, so much. This was so impactful, and we love all your tips. Stay tuned for our next segment. This is Girlfriended on Togginap. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on Girlfriended.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend it. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriended Radio right after these. Everyday Autism Miracles with Shannon Pinlock. Friday afternoons at 2, 1 central on Togginap.com. Life after an autism spectrum diagnosis doesn't have to be difficult. It can be joyful, happy, and filled with hope. Join Shannon Penrod, author, speaker, coach, and mom of a six-year-old recovering from autism for this inspirational hour of hope. She's even authored a series of children's autism books with her son, Jim. For more information about the books, Shannon, and Everyday Autism Miracles, go to her website, shannonpenrod.com. From there, you can also get to her other websites, blogs, and connections. On Everyday Autism Miracles, you'll hear stories from parents whose children have made miraculous strides. You'll also get the inside dish on therapies, treatments, supplements, and how to get funding to help you afford them. Miracles abound in the autism community. So tune in for Everyday Autism Miracles to listen, share, laugh, and surround yourself with hope. Everyday Autism Miracles with Shannon Penrod. Friday afternoons at 2, 1 central on Togenet.com. Okay, we will. We're going to teach you how to tell your money where to go. It's Intelligent Investing with Pam Otten on Toginet. Learn how to be a savvy investor from someone who has your best interest at heart. Pam Otten is a financial advisor who loves to help successful business owners and entrepreneurs understand the mysteries of the investment world. And she's not afraid to share that knowledge. Pam is an unashamed Christian and qualified kingdom advisor, which means she's trained and committed to integrating biblical principles into her financial advice. Pam believes investing isn't rocket science. This is the financial advisor who's in your corner and truly understands and cares about you and helping you achieve your goals. Securities and advisory services are offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA, SIPC. It's Intelligent Investing with Pam Otten on Toginet. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio. A chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a bug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on Toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. Welcome back to Girlfriended as we're talking about We Are Women, Hear Us Roar. And we have a new girlfriend, Julie Lewis, who... Um, very graciously said yes to being on our show this morning. And it's exciting. We are working with Julie for our women's event for Arizona City Fest with Luis Palau. And she is one of our designers for this event. 
And just this week, as she was sharing a little bit about her twin daughters, and, of course, I had to find out a little bit more because they're the same age as my son. Were you interrogating her? I, I was interrogating her. And um, she has some, some star tennis player daughters, and she was telling me a little bit um, more about their tennis match, and one of them had an injury. And as we started unwrapping her story, it was just fascinating. And I said, wait, wait, wait. Don't don't share your story. I want to hear it on the radio in front of just a few close friends, you know? Yes. Two of our closest friends we've gathered together, so it's very intimate and safe. And her her eyes got really big, and um, she said, am I allowed to think about this and pray about this? Before I <laughs> told her no, right? <laughs> so we've already thought about it and prayed about it. Yes, and uh, I said, certainly pray about it, but, you know, we'll talk to you on Thursday. So, Julie, welcome to the show, and thank you so much for saying yes. Oh, well, thank you so much for asking me. It really is a privilege to share my story, and I'm just honored to do so. Well, and we can't wait to hear your story because we don't really, I don't really know it. So I can't <laughs> wait to hear what your story, I know it's, it's very intriguing because God, you thought you were going down one path with God, and God kind of took you on a different scenic path. And so it's amazing how God works that way, how we, we listen to him. He really does direct our steps. Well, we do know that your story is you adopted your twin daughters, and um, we'll go ahead and let you tell the story rather than us teasing all the listeners. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're absolutely right. Um, God always has a greater plan and a greater way than than what we could have ever imagined, and it seems like my whole life has kind of been that way. Um, I was voted by my college girlfriends to get married first and to have babies right away, and have lots of them, and uh, ended up really not even meeting my husband till I was 35, and uh, getting married just shy of my 37th birthday, and so um, my whole life has been much different, um, but much better than what I could have ever imagined. Uh, after we got married, we started to have kids right away, and unfortunately went through the whole infertility um, issue and process, and, and that's hard, and difficult and emotional, and so many women go through it, and it's not spoken about very often, and it's very private, um, but it was hard, and we weren't really sure what to do, but God really um, made it clear that he wanted us to explore adoption, so we um, started that process, put in our paperwork, and thought we were going to go maybe to China and get a little girl, but as we were waiting um, through that process, we just began really praying for his will and for his plan to just unfold clearly uh, before us. And one day we got a call from a friend that knew about some older Russian kids uh, in town, and we went and visited them, and he really made it clear that um, we were to adopt an older child. And so we said, yes, we would like one child and maybe a five- or six-year-old, and about two weeks later, our social worker called and sent us an email with a photo of identical twin, beautiful nine-year-old girls. And we immediately knew that those were our daughters and um, that this was the family that we were to have. So So, how did you go about, what was your next step? Yeah, so um, after that, we uh, just started that process and went to St. Petersburg twice, and it just took five months, and we brought our girls home um, just eight years ago, uh, about three days before Easter. So we'll be celebrating our eight-year anniversary on April 16th. 
Oh wow! Now, Julie, I always I'm I'm so intrigued when um, when there's an adoption from another country on how do you fit their culture into our culture and or do you even try? <laughs> <laughs> well, it is. Um, I, I suppose the girls would have a different answer to that than we have, but uh, it was funny when we first brought them home. They didn't know the language, and clearly, St. Petersburg, the high in their weather is probably 75. And uh, the girls had really never worn shorts. They'd never swam before. And so bringing them to Arizona was a, a <laughs> culture shock. Yes. Um, but uh, they adjusted well and learned the language within about three months. We never really tried to change anything um, from their past. We celebrate their culture. We celebrate their heritage. They have great, fond memories of Russia. And um, we're actually going to be taking a trip back there in May to visit their paternal grandparents who really helped raise them and just loved on them, and we keep in touch with them. So we're excited about that trip. Well, that was my next question. Do they stay in contact with their friends? I'm just thinking I have a 9-year-old right now, (laughs) so to think of just plucking her up and moving her to another country Um, even though you obviously are are offering um, such an an amazing life for them, and it it was God's purpose. You do see that as how in the world, you know, do you, how did you deal with that with all of their friends and and those that were surrounding them there in Russia? Yeah, you know, I think um, because they had each other, and the twin connection and the twin bond is so strong, I think it made the process easier than what it would have been if they were by themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and clearly, they um, the transition was great. I mean, it took probably three to six months to really feel um, settled. Um, but I do think overall that God blessed the process because it was his process. It's exactly what he wanted, and his hand was in it the whole step of the way. I think that um, we really introduced um, the Russian culture here. We took them to Russian grocery stores. We made Russian food. We connected them with Russian um, people that we had met along the way, other families that had adopted kids from Russia. And so we tried to make that transition as smooth as possible. But really through a lot of prayer and a lot of love and just a lot of time and fun, um, you know, we just connected. And I know that's not always the case, but it was in our situation. And we really believe that this is our family and this is what God had planned from the beginning of time. So it was not as hard as it can be. Well, you know what, and I think some keys to that is because it was God's plan, like you said. And can you talk about, I know so many women, like this this whole issue of infertility, and like you said, you were the one voted to have a family. And, and it's like, you know, first and how, it, you know, it, the script always seems to go differently than what we anticipate. We start going down a path thinking we have it planned out, and, and so many of the time it, it goes so far in a different direction. But it is women, we have these certain longings, and then when things take longer, I know that, you know, we want instant results. Uh, this is a, a culture and society, and I think right. even in our own, like, even in our own prayers, I think many times we, we 
We want the answer right away. We don't like to wait. Can you address just the, the period of time? I mean, you know how it, it, it worked out now, and you got this, you know, these wonderful, precious daughters. But in that period, like kind of like a desert period, where you, mm-hmm. unmet expectations and these longings, because you don't know that you're going to get these daughters. Can you just kind of talk about just the feelings of that and just what what that time looked like? Sure. You know, it's hard. It's lonely. It's um, sad. It's, it goes against anything that you've ever thought. I think our media and our world, um, you know, Hollywood portrays women um, through movies and, and romance novels and different things that we're going to all grow up and go to college and get married and, and meet our husbands and live happily ever after. And um, so, unfortunately, we're just kind of set up by the world to believe that that's going to happen. But I always came back to Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, um, to trust in the Lord with all my heart and not lean on my understanding. And in all my ways to acknowledge Him, knowing that He will direct my path. And whatever that was, I had to ultimately just surrender everything that I desired to Him and to trust Him with all my heart. And, you know, my heart really longs or cares so much for single women um, who have not met the man of their dreams yet. And my heart goes out to women who can't have children because it's just it's what God made us for. Mm-hmm. But um, I know that he has a plan for me, and I know that his ways are so much greater than mine and that I can't leave on my own understanding, but I truly just have to trust him and know that he has the best for me. And so I just clung to that, and I clung to my girlfriends. I had a lot of girlfriends, and I was single a long time, and those girlfriends really prayed for me and encouraged me and loved on me and hung out with me and my family, too. And um, I had a lot of support going through those lonely times. And well, I, and that's so neat that you're addressing that, Julie, because especially, you know, the whole show is about being a woman and, and hearing us roar. And we really are um, <laughs> the, the, the lioness that has the strength for whatever season that you're going through. And sometimes it sounds so trite when someone is going through that season of um, just dealing with, what you went with with infertility, I know my my sister, um, she adopted, and looking back, you can go this her son. I mean, this is he's such a blessing, and you can see God's plan. But when you're right in the center of it, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's it's one of those daily. You're waking up, and everybody yeah. around you is having babies, and I know. Even for her, it was, you know, these gals that weren't planning on having babies were having babies, and you can't help but question, yeah, you yeah. know, what this is all about. Because like you said, you know, even in the in the Bible, just so many times it was like, God blessed them with a child. And you're going, well, why aren't you blessing me? Exactly. And exactly. So I love that you're talking about that season and then about your pride, going around with all the other lioness, those girlfriends that are surrounding you and supporting you. And so many times we, we don't bring people into our world and we're mm. not transparent enough with our, our woundedness and our pain mm. to allow people to breathe into us and pray for us. That's right. And that is scary to do that because you fear rejection. You fear that people aren't going to understand you. And you know what? They probably won't understand you, um, but they can pray for you and they can cry with you and laugh with you and hold your hand. And ultimately, by telling your story, another woman will have had the same story. And um, and I think that's why we need to be open and vulnerable and real 
um, so that we can be used by God and we can steward the, story, the experiences that we have um, endured throughout our life um, to His glory. You know what? Very well said. Thank you so much, Julie. Stay tuned. This is Girlfriended on Togginap. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on Girlfriended.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend it. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriended Radio right after these. Congratulations on being the proud owner of an adorable, soft, cuddly, sweet-smelling, smiling, cooing, hungry, tired, gassy, screaming little bundle of joy. So now what? Where's the owner's manual for this thing? Where are my instructions? Right here. It's Baby and Toddler Instructions with Blythe Lippman on toginet.com. Infant care specialist Blythe Lippman has worked with babies for over 20 years and works extensively with new parents providing workshops, in-home visits, tips, and daily phone calls to ease those frazzled nerves. With Baby and Toddler Instructions, you can get the advice you need on how to survive and enjoy your baby's first year. For more information on Blythe and how she can help you, go to babyinstructions.com. From 32 ways to stop a baby from crying to 14 ways to get a baby to eat and so much more, it's Baby and Toddler Instructions with Blythe Lipman on toginet.com. Was sad, right? Cause he had a death kill mommy and dad. Right. But that ain't the case. Nope. It wasn't his fate. No, nope. the wants never struggled to communicate. Ha. Y'all wave your hands. Look who's on. It's the Coda Man Keith and he's number one. It's that Keith Wine Show on Toginet.com, Wednesday nights at 8, 7 Central. Every week, that Keith Wine Show will have guests that share their experiences, expertise, opinions, and personal lives with us to hopefully help us better understand others. The topics and guests will come from the American Sign Language community. For more on Keith Wan and the show, go to his website, KeithWanWann.com. Listen with an open mind and willingness to learn and help with the cultural bridge. Number, number one, Keith's number one. Everybody back. Don't miss that Keith Wan show Wednesday nights at eight seven central on Toginet.com. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio, a chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a bug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show. On Toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. Well, we are winding down a show that we have just so enjoyed with talking with some amazing women, um, and Lisa Bevere and Julie Lewis and Megan, and now we're talking with a, a girlfriend who shares our heartbeat for encouraging and empowering women and really is a lioness, like we've been talking about today. Lori Wilhite is the founder of Leading and Loving It, which is a community that connects, encourages, and supports pastors' wives and women in ministry. Welcome, Lori, to Girlfriend Ed. We're so excited to have you. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's always good to be with you guys. Well, it's always good to be with you. And you, you started Leading and Loving It, which... Um, we always laugh when you hear those words together because whenever you say leading to women, they run. So to say yes. leading and loving it just sounds like such a disconnect for women because don't you find that? They just like, oh, oh sure. no, I don't want to lead. I don't want to lead. 
Absolutely. Well, shoot, I found that in my own life for years, being afraid of leading, and I did not love it, not one bit. I It, it was very, very hard for me. And um, now kind of being on the backside of it, I, there's so much joy to be had there and a lot of a lot of things I love about it. And so that's what we try to do, just encourage people and help them find the joy in, amidst leading. So. I know, exactly, and, and it's so funny because when Patty and I were first, um, you know, helping women leaders and ministry leaders, and we and we would say, hey, would you like to, to lead this? And we would get the pushback and the deer-in-the-headlight look, and so we started languaging it different and say, would you be a fun facilitator? And all of a sudden, just the languaging, and they'd go, sure, I'll, I'll do that, and little did they know they were leading something, and right. um, <laughs> it was in the terminology, so love that you're, exa- uh, you know, addressing the leading and loving it, that you really can love the leading part and once we you understand it and break it down and like what we've been talking about today is you know that lioness inside awakening that person that each woman has something to give and something to offer and we need each other to do it together and love what you're doing with that so can you just um explain again a little bit of 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 how you, especially like with pastors wives and how so many times as women we allow our our various roles to kind of define us or even to shut down our voices because we get trapped in a role. And we know that so many women in leadership, and, and especially inside the church, whether it's a pastor's wife or a ministry leader, they, they, um, they feel like their voice doesn't matter sometimes, and they shut down. Can you kind of address a little bit about that? Yeah, you know, one of the things that I've heard and said and read many, many, many times is, pastor's wife saying, well, I'm just not the typical pastor's wife. And they usually say that as a way to apologize or they feel a little bit guilty about it. Um, and, and, you know, I felt like that for a long time, too. And I think you can push that out to maybe not feeling like the typical mom or the typical wife, whatever that is. It, mm-hmm. there, there comes a, a something that with women that we... I don't know, we compare ourselves to whatever we think some ideal is out there, some typical thing that we should be um, able to meet. And I think for pastors' wives, as I've worked over the last 15 years, and really even just over the last few that I've worked so intensely with pastors' wives, I've never met anyone who said, yep, that's me, I'm the typical pastor's wife. I think she is some imaginary woman that we created in our collective brains that we have spent so much time and emotional energy comparing ourselves to and feel like we're coming short. We feel inadequate. We are afraid um, because we're not meeting up to whatever that false expectation is. And instead of acting, it tends to shut us down. And I spent a lot of years being shut down by that, being um, feeling like I just couldn't measure up or just feeling afraid to be who God made me to be because I didn't feel like that fit the role I was in. And so over time, and unfortunately probably too much time, um, it took God a while to get me to realize that there isn't anything, there's not typical, there's unique. God created me unique, He created you unique, He created all of us special. And it's learning who we are and who He made us to be and the gifts that we have, and then using those in our various roles. And it's not going to look the same for everybody, and it shouldn't. Mm-hmm. Um, I hope not. What a boring world and um, life we would have if we all did it exactly the same way. And so it's getting to that place where you're comfortable um, in who He made you to be and then figuring out how to lead out of that. And that is such a good point. 
is, is figuring out how to lead because we do as women, we always compare. And unfortunately, we always get the short end of the stick when we draw that stick, you know. And yes. I think so many of us, it goes back to even junior high and high school where somebody has said something that has wounded us or hurt our feelings or shut us down. And we may not even realize that we are still carrying that into adulthood and letting that um, you know, that voice still be, be heard by us, and we respond to that. And um, as women, we're such feelers. And so it's hard to let go of that feeling that's associated with that. And so it, it is seeing ourselves beyond that, beyond something that somebody has said to us in the past or that, that women have heard. And I know earlier uh, we were talking with Lisa Bevere, you know, we, we were talking, and I know, Lori, you and I have, have shared, and Patty and I have talked a lot, how we all have been wounded by other women. I mean, that's mm. just fact. And, and a lot of times it's, it's from people that you thought were your friends and that, you know, you had trusted at some point in time. So you can either say, I'm never going to be close to another woman again, or I'm never going to be involved with women again, which we hear a lot. I don't want to be involved with women again. But then you're missing so much. And I like what Lisa said is instead of being the, wound, the wounded, be the healer, you know, mm. and, and give, that, give that away. And I think as women – if we would start doing that and going, okay, maybe it's not about me what I'm going to get, but maybe it's what I can give because I learned what not to do. So That's right. Times. Well, you know, I had a friend a long time ago um, talk to me about the gift of going first with people. And I think a lot of times I used to sit back and wait for somebody else to make me feel better, somebody else to do something that would impact me. And I was afraid to go first. I was afraid to tell people, like, here's my struggle or here's what I'm afraid of or here's what I'm struggling with. And when I finally got to the place where I was able to give people the gift of me going first and saying, this is something I struggle with, my goodness, it opens up the ability for people not only to relate and to um, start to establish some community there, but I think it gives people one of the biggest gifts we can give each other, which is the gift of not being alone in our struggle, in our challenging times. And so it is. It's that opportunity to be um, a healer for somebody else. Absolutely. And I, I, I love some of the points that you were making, especially what you just said with going there first. We have a tendency, and you want to call it apathy, but yet it's, it's even stronger than that. Like you can't convey the word there of how we, the, the more we become just isolated and not creating that community, the more selfish we become and the more we don't open ourselves up because you're in that almost like this downward spiral of they're just going to hurt me or wound me mm. and you're, you're, you're literally circling the drain and you become just more and more isolated rather than thinking, what can I bring to this relationship? What can I do to put myself out there that would be an advantage to this person rather than a disadvantage? And so many times it's, we're looking at it from what are you going to bring me? What are you going to bring to me? Yeah. Well, and, and um, I think so many times it, it is that looking at it's like I have something to give, and if you just start activating that, because we wait and go, I'm not sure if this is really a gift or whatever, but just do something. And I think so many times women just wait wait for the perfect opportunity, wait for somebody to ask them, they wait, and then they never do anything. But just, like, jump in. Jump in and do something and try, you know, put your toe in the water and see what, it, what it's like. And I love that. Absolutely. Go first. Yeah, you know, and it's, is it a risk? Absolutely it is. 
Mm-hmm. It is, but is it a risk worth taking, I think, is the better question to ask there. And, you know, nine times out of ten, the answer is yes, whether that's a relational risk that you're taking or a risk like getting out there and making a difference and, you know, trying some things out and seeing if it's a great, um, you know, fit for you as far as uh, making a difference. You know, it's a risk. It is. But the ripple effects that you can have, it makes that risk worth taking. And you know what? It goes back to who wants to live safe? It's boring. You know, you can sit on the sidelines and be really safe and not do anything, but it's just boring. And I don't think God called us to live a boring Christian life because he's, he's so alive and fluid, and, and I think he calls us to join him in that movement and to keep going with him. And, and you know, one of the things that Patty and I, and we know that you share this heartbeat, is, is we, we want to challenge women to be an advocate for another woman. You know, we all need a cheerleader. We all need somebody that has our back, that is um, speaking up for us and speaking out for us. And I think if, if we would start focusing on who do I need to be an advocate for, um, I think that would change so much in our culture of women. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and it's, you know, it's just it's looking at the needs in other people's lives. And so often God takes things that have happened to us in our past um, whether that's struggles or um, challenges that we've had. And for me, you know, I had a period of depression and real struggle with um, ministry and leadership. And he takes those things and then redeems them and uses them for himself to help impact other people. And I think oftentimes we can look around at other people and see their struggles. But sometimes we can look even back at our own lives and see what has God brought me through? What have I learned from that? And then how can I use that? Um, to help somebody else. Well, we realize that no, no experience is wasted. And I think that's, that's from, right. from those painful situations, like you're talking about, the depression, the loneliness, the isolation periods, that, that is inevitable for anybody when they want to lead. Sometimes, you know, we forget that. It, it is lonely when you're leading um, because not everybody gets you and you have to make some tough decisions that not everybody is excited about. And um, it is important to just, to make sure you're rallying around other women, you're praying up, and you just don't let that defeat you, but you just keep moving forward with that. Because it is unique and to lead, but I think God is calling each of us to lead in our own, like we were talking earlier, in our own season, in our own strength, in our own unique. Mm-hmm. God has created that. And it looks different for every woman, but just encourage to do it. And I know we only have, this has gone by fast. This has been so great just hearing different women's heartbeats and how we all, we all are challenged in the same ways. We all want to have a voice. We all want to know we matter. And it just looks different for each one of us. So as we, we come to less than a minute, um, we want to thank you again just for, for coming on the show and sharing your heartbeat. And your heartbeat is for pastors, wives, and, and women in leadership. And, and we also want to let um, women know that we have our February newsletter that is um, at girlfriendit.com. We just have talking about radical love and just, you know, the different things we can do as women just to, to love this world, to love other women. And, um, Lori, thank you just for sharing your heartbeat and just continually doing what you're doing. And women can find you at leadingandlovingit.com. And I know you have a conference coming up in May and so many things going on there. So thank you again. Have a great week. We'll see you next time. Thank you for being a part of this special program, Girlfriend It, the show dedicated to the most important woman you know, yourself. It's the show designed.